0: Laughing, crying, swearing, Matt, Pete, Claire. So I make him laugh, Pete (laughs) makes him cry, and Claire makes him swear. I'll accept that, yeah. (laughs) Probably (laughs) too.
1: Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good, hard look at the news, the views and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News and purveyor of fine garments and high fashion, Matt Kierkegaard. (laughs) Thank you. And Ace reporter and senior journalist whose breaking news comes in sizes from small through to triple extra large. It's Claire <laughs> Boom Boom Burnett. G'day, guys. Hey, Pete. Morning, Pete. Shop's open, Matt. You've put out a new shutter. You've hung a new shingle. We in the t shirt business. I don't know. We are.
0: I, I, I don't know whether it's just me um, feeling very self conscious about it, but we have a habit of saying, oh, we're going to do this. And, you know, like nine, 12, 18 months later, it actually happens. So having posted that shirt and having had some interest wanted to strike while the alcohol was hot. So uh, the, the shirts had been ordered, the uh, money had and been thank
1: paid. And thank you to our Facebook group for, I guess, uh, priming the pump, for giving us the encouragement that we needed to, um, you know, do something that we said we were going to do. Mm.
0: Yeah, and absolutely. We, I
1: mean you. And, yeah. and and also, thank
0: you for all, all of the people who don't read past the first line um, and so
1: didn't see that... What is got- the point of putting <laughs> a discount code in? What is it with you kids? <laughs> oh, well, t-shirt, t-shirt. Yes, H- hit end.
2: Why are you <laughs> taking my money? Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, no.
1: So Should you gotta to leave. Is that is that the thing we've got to? If we've got to put, if, we, if we have a discount code, we've got to put it in. I don't, well, I don't at, know. Well, at the start, we've got to leave with that. It's got to be the header.
0: See, what our awesome uh, Facebook group? you know, I wanted to do them a solid because we get so much value out of them. Um, and you know the the James Davidsons of the world who haven't read it, and you know, so now I feel guilty for taking extra money from them. So
1: <laughs> instead of doing something nice, I'm left feeling guilty. But then they can backtrack. They can they can walk it back um, <laughs> yeah. and 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 say, I don't know, no, I wanted to you know make a donation. <laughs> well, where you know. Yeah, which you is get. lovely. Yes, because I'm pretty sure I
0: could have refunded them, and I did make the offer. But everyone just said keep the money. So you know, Pete, you might be we'll able to put it to, towards we'll, our next
1: run. Oh, uh, maybe, you know, maybe yeah. I mean, yeah, from, you know, the Paul Kelly song from Little Things, Big Things Grow, um, hey, mate, maybe one day we'll yeah. build our own we'll warehouse and carol. actually... Uh, we'll we'll a, f- need a, a we'll factory. We'll need a
0: fulfilment system, yeah. yeah.
1: But Pete, we, no, no, Actually but, make, like we used to in this country, used to, we, we, we could make our own T-shirts and Oof. then print them.
0: But this Oof. idea of selling the T-shirts and then using the profit from that to do our next one, that doesn't sound like very good business to me because I decided to go the brew model and... <laughs>
1: Sell something, not so for but and not make enough money <laughs> and to order my
0: next... Yeah. So, yeah. so we're actually going to crowdfund the next lot where you can crowdfund the print run and then still buy it. And
1: and just to answer all of those uh, listeners and readers who very kindly sent me DMs and and messages during the week, yes, eventually we will work on uh, a special T-shirt that will explode if you leave it in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Must keep this shirt refrigerated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, we've got a fair bit to get through, um, and Matt, you've got a bit of a hard out, so uh, let us uh, move on. Um, And we now cross live to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of the stories-making news this week in beer and Claire we begin with a story that proves the old adage that when one door closes another one opens.
2: We do indeed Uh, so just at the very end of last week I got a statement through from Mark French who was formerly a Camp beer in Tasmania now called uh, the Albert Brewery so I'd contacted Mark we usually sort of have a chat um, with people about a year after opening and, and see how they're getting on and things like that. And uh, actually, it turns out that they had had a really difficult year. It put pressure on the business, its partners in particular, and they decided to go their separate ways. Um, so, Mark has now acquired the brewery in full and he's relaunched it. Um, as the Albert. Uh, And I think that's a really interesting one. I also did a little one about the Frankston Brew Brew House opening uh, last week, which is another little local brew pub down there that we have been following. And it was really interesting to hear that uh, both of them had had lots of um, mechanisms in place to protect the business in the event that, you know, the relationships that sort of started the business um, started to break down so um, they were talking and Mark emailed me actually afterwards saying oh thanks for doing that Um, and also I read your piece on Frankston and I was really glad to hear that they'd all got these um, you know legal things in place to make sure that they're they're all protected Um, they have meetings every week um, because that was one of my questions you know how do you keep these relationships going Under the immense amount of pressure of starting a business, starting a brewery, Um, and it can be really hard. We've seen Ether um, and Milton Commons split, um, and they're doing both Uh, doing Riverside
1: slash Akasha.
2: Yeah, all of see it happens quite a lot. So it's really important, I think, for for you to look at sort of strategy planning for the future, um, all that kind of stuff. And this sort of um, was a great example of doing that and doing it well, effectively.
1: And it does bring into sharp focus. And I can't remember who it was who who was, I guess, the first person to bring it to our attention. But, um, you know, when you plan to open um, any business, but in particular, a brewery, particularly when it's, you know, friends and passion coming together to to, um, create business, you've got to have an exit strategy. Um, and it's exactly. one of those things that you know in our our chats with people who have started breweries or are planning to, it's one thing they don't think about. Mm-hmm. Say, so, well, but what yeah, happens yeah. if um, you know you decide you want to see change or uh, you
2: you want to go in a different you direction? A and, well, yeah, yeah, or, yeah and you I, just I, disagree I, on I, it.
1: It's just not fun anymore. How do you how do you get out? You know, it's mm-hmm. if you've created a um, you know it could be a million dollar business, um, and all of a sudden you know your half you you can't buy the other half. You know, what do you, what do you do?
2: Yeah,
0: and and look. Every media release we get, you know, or, you know, so many new brewery media releases is the story of a couple of mates and their dog, you know, kicking around, having fun. Hey, you know, Isn't over a couple great? of beers. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. this be
1: great to do for a Listening living? to their stupid mates who said, your beer is so good, <laughs> you yeah. should go uh, well, commercial. Go no,
0: brewery. because it, uh, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate <laughs> I, I say the say stupid mates,
1: Matt, because the, the, the mates enjoy the beer because it's free. It's yeah. free. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Couldn't oh, pay yeah, for yeah. it. But
0: a lot of them go on. But then when you're wrapped up in the romance of the industry and I, 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 without plugging um, beer as a conversation I'm going to plug beer as a conversation this week because I had that great chat with uh, Andrew Carson from hilltop hops that you know was one of these guys who you know wanted to be involved in the industry didn't want to open a brewery and you know it's this hobby with ambition um, you know of, of growing hops in a place that hops technically shouldn't grow he did describe it as being a very sexy industry and you know an industry that has a lot of attraction and you know people don't feel the same way about growing potatoes you know even though all of the challenges all of the hard work all of the expense are there but there's something about you know growing hops or being involved in the brewing industry just has this romance to it that people want to get involved and they don't look at things like exit strategies and you know how do we get out of it and and and
1: you don't want to you don't want to consider well what happens when things turn bad what happens when we're not mates anymore what happens when we have a, a genuine uh you know like clash of of interests or you know ethics or uh you know business direction well and, and i don't want to
0: tease next week's experience conversation <laughs> Who <are> i'm speaking <laughs> with next week man? but <laughs> i'm going to te- well i spoke to them this week and it was a fantastic chat i spoke to peter and brendan fielding who over the you know Five, six hundred episodes. We've spoken to them individually a couple of times, and um, Burley is uh, fifteen this year. I wanted to have a, a, a chat to them together, just about you know some of the things they've learned over that time. And it was, it really is a fascinating chat about a brewery that's never dug down too deeply into the weeds of being the cool side of craft you know they've always wanted to be a brewery they've and they've had a very strong discipline to the brand and that's made them sometimes a little bit less than exciting and they've brought out big head which was a no carb beer and things and we talk about all of that and you know if I didn't respect them before it's an incredible chat about running a business and being passionate about your product and but still you know, understanding um, what you need to do to do it. But
1: yeah.
0: one of the things that fascinated me and towards the end of the, the interview, I just sort of thought, oh, yeah, you know, how have you guys gone? Because we've heard some horror stories about, you know, couples or mates <laughs> falling out. Um, and I know that the first couple of years of their brewery were quite hard. And, uh, you know, I just have said, you know, you, you, you're you a great couple. You've been together for a long time. Has it been hard being a business partnership and a life partnership? And, you know, I don't want to give too much away um, from from the chat, but they referred to the conversation they had, even when they were in their business planning phase. And you know, they they said that we're never going to get to the stage that we will let this business go at the cost of our marriage. You know, it was always the marriage comes first, and uh, it was it showed that you know serious business you do have to plan for these things. If you're going to go into business, you do have to think about. Um, you know, potential costs and things. And, yeah, so great conversation. Look forward to it. Um, and it gives me a whole new uh, respect for a business I already respected.
1: Speaking of respected business, um, Brambles, Claire, merges Kegstar with Microstar.
2: Yeah, so Microstar is – not never actually heard of this one before. It's a big US-based – I think they're based in Denver, uh, logistics giant. So Brambles has basically, basically sold – They're a big section of um, Kegstar to Microstar. The combined entity will be 15% Brambles and then 85% by Microstar. So it's subject to foreign investment approval in Australia and New Zealand. um, And they're talking about it being complete in the first half of this year. And it was an interesting one given the absolute bashing the keg industry has had in the past year. And also quite interesting... um, with the rise of Convoy at the same time, which has seemed to be doing quite well, and they seem to be in a little arms race about who gets to wear first and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's really interesting that Brambles decided to um, sort of offload that a little bit. They've obviously still got a hand in, skin in the game, but not fully. Um, so they and Matt, you you were saying that it's a, a tiny percentage. It's a of Brambles very small part of Brambles' so. business overall. So mm-hmm. uh,
0: you know, um, it's a tough market to to be making the, the decision in because if you look. Globally, the keg business is shot in most parts of the world that are still, um, you know, COVID rampant um, and even the UK where they've got another shutdown.
2: And they're uh, not talking about opening pubs with no well, alcohol. Even when no. they
0: reopen the pubs, it'll be, <laughs> you know, which we, sh- I, I, again, I, I never want to not having to be in the position of making those hard decisions. Um, it's You don't really want to criticise without knowing the logic behind it, but it, it just shows how hard it is to be in the be a moving business um, or the keg moving business. And, uh, you know, you, you look at a business like um, uh, Convoy starting up in Australia and New Zealand and you're sort of thinking, God, if you're going to operate that business anywhere in the world, how lucky is it that oh, you, so you are in yeah. the two places that...
2: Adam couldn't have known that, but it oh, did well. <laughs> well, <laughs> he did well. Conspiracy theory, maybe. Oh, <laughs> Adam had something to do with it. Right, okay. You heard it here first, everyone.
1: That's it. Um, now, uh, for our next couple of stories, we head west, young man. Um, and first off, Claire, uh, Rocky Ridge diversifies and expands.
2: Yeah, so this is really interesting. Like, I like to check in with breweries, seeing how they're going, especially with it being the start of the year. And Rocky Ridge caught my eye uh, because they sent an email out to subscribers saying, you know, we're, we're trying to get a ta- tavern license. And so actually this story started from them get, trying to get a tavern license um but basically they've launched plants to expand exponentially they want to double capacity to three million liters um they've done loads of massive sustainability projects um about water reuse they're trying to get that under three liters per liter of beer um and also they've launched um ace brands which is sort of them trying to they they did a partnership with um Gwello in hong kong last year brewing their beer over here um and people got really confused they were like so is Guello like an offshoot of Rocky Ridge or whatever and um Hamish Coates the managing director there he was like we just decided to split it off um so now they're starting to brew and distribute um international craft beer brands um like Guello as a separate um venture to the business which is really interesting so there's so much going on there um but because I'm a boring person and I like to find out about licensing, um, we <laughs> delved into the tavern license. And it's really interesting in that it's very much like the Queensland situation where wineries are, have got a really, really nice sort of regime there in terms of licensing. Um, but they have to get a tavern license over in, at, Roc- at Rocky Ridge um, in Busselton because um, they can only do 100ml tasting, like little well, tasting measures um, and takeaways small bar you can't do takeaways so that's the next step up so they have to go for quite an expensive and onerous process of getting a tavern license um but i didn't realize that was the same thing in other states that we have in queensland with that so it just jumped out of me as a really interesting point to make about licensing regimes over there
1: yeah um and maybe uh we'll look next at the government funding for cheeky monkeys expansion
2: yeah um and th- so they're doing well over there aren't they um so monkeys out West. I know, isn't it and this is just another one on the mountain of grants that the wa government have given out to um lots of breweries actually there's at least three including rocky ridge last year uh that got government funding so i reckon it's up to near a million dollars towards um breweries in the past year that the the wa government have invested um so lots of its co-contribution funding so you have to pay half if they can um stump up half but it was really interesting and i comparatively to new south wales to victoria wa are really ahead of the game in terms of um, making it an amenable state for breweries to grow in um and not being scared of them because they are uh, i mean apart from the little licensing issue um not being scared of them and putting their money behind them um, because they see it as a growing industry that's going to create jobs in the region, which is fantastic. So, yeah, well done, WA. You've done good.
1: Yeah, uh, and also, and I guess related, um, but uh, King River. Yes, yeah, uh, so in the King Valley,
2: down around where you guys are. Oh, well, you are Pete. King River. Have you been? You've been. You guys have been. That well, yeah, we went on the podcast yeah, last week. Yeah. Last yeah, year, yeah. Um, back in February. So that was another one. I thought, oh, I'll check up and Man, see. And it's how about an
1: eighteen-hour walk. It's not, you know. It's <laughs> not <laughs> down
2: I know. My so, way. I'm so English sometimes. Three three I'm like, oh, drive. it's just down the road. It's in <laughs> it's the same
0: state. Kelly Country. You need to get yourself down there and do the Ned Kelly tour. Ooh,
2: he's the highwayman guy, isn't he? guy with the helmet. Is, is he like a Australian Isn't that on the historical citizenship select? test? I haven't had to do that. I oh. was born this way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> no, but it was,
1: it was good to see that they, um, I guess, turned lemons into lemonade in yes. terms of using the the fact that they were forced to to close everything down mm-hmm. um, to uh, to plan double, this double their expansion. capacity.
2: Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. So they're getting new tanks in. Um, they're sorting out their tap room and. And it's a beautiful little spot. Yeah, and Nathan was just like, "Oh, it we, we wouldn't have been able to do this weirdly without COVID. We would if we hadn't shut down for a bit and been twiddling our thumbs. We wouldn't have been able to plan this kind of expansion." And I was like, "Wow, that's cool. I I'm mean, just the lining."
0: Remember, was it tobacco sheds, Pete?
1: Was it? Yeah, yeah was it, was tobacco. Tobacco. it was a it Was it tobacco farm? So yeah. they've repurposed the the old tobacco well it, it's it was a tobacco property um and it's now diversified into um have divided it off into quite a few mm. different things but we should also point out that Nathan still works in town so uh the brewing side of things, um, and I think he might have put somebody on um, in the brewing side of things recently because yep. um, their, their beers are getting better and better and more consistent in terms of um, their output. Uh, so, that, you know, that's going to get you more customers. Um, but, yeah, Nathan, I'm pretty sure uh, every second week or every week, whatever, one week on, one, one week off, but he's he's in town doing the real job and then the fitting around uh, the, the brewing around that. And I, I just love the story about, you
0: know, tobacco, which is a dead industry in Australia particularly, but you've still got these farms and, you, you know, not that they're using the farm to, to grow the ingredients, but it's still creating and keeping a small industry in that region. That, you know, it's a bit of a, a tourism hub that brings people through, gives them a reason to stop and, you know, and and spend um, in, in their, you know, and it's just adding that vibrancy to regional areas, which is one of the great things that uh, you know breweries can do.
1: Yeah, yeah I was blessed to um uh, we did some filming out there for the high Country brewery trail, um, and we decided to do sunrise at um at King River, and it was absolutely magnificent.
2: Oh. Right, you've yeah. talked me into it. Thanks. But guys. go back and uh, listen to
0: because we, we did have the viewers' um, conversation this time last year, if you haven't, and I know a lot of our listeners are working back through old episodes. Um, really, really lovely chat with uh, Nathan and Brianna.
1: Uh, now, well, Claire, hit us with uh, one more. And uh, this last story reminds me of the Chinese proverb that you know the longest journey begins with a single step. And um, this one is a beer can begin with a single grain of malt.
2: Apparently it can. So um, scientists at the University of Queensland have um, developed a bit of a micro scale mash method. So it's one milliliter um, instead of the 23 litres that they would do normally. Um, and they're really identifying um, sort of the proteins, um, what what their behaviour is, and all that kind of stuff, in at that level. Um, but they were saying that it can be used um, commercially for understanding barley quality. And being able to determine that um, much earlier, and in turn, they said that it could um, enable people to develop new beer styles because obviously, one milliliter is probably a bit too small for a brewer to test a brew. Um, I don't think you get much out of that, but you could do five hundred milliliters. It is an alternative. To low there beer you th- go, <laughs> one milliliter a go. It's um, a bit hard to
1: have a sip and then say, mm, <laughs> "Tell me what you think of this." <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> but you can do five hundred mils. You can do a liter, um, and that cuts down on obviously the amount you'd need to do. If if you're trying to do a really small um, experiment to see whether something would work. Um, So they were suggesting that, you know, potentially that being able to do this in a more flexible and smaller way, using less um, ingredients, could mean that people could come up with um, new beer styles quicker. Um, So I just thought it was a really interesting one, um, especially because I know that people are looking at, um, now we're, Becoming a much bigger industry in Australia, um, understanding brewing at that molecular level rather than just the industrial level, like we know that this plus this equals this. Um, this is understanding why that's happening. So, yeah, that was a nice, interesting one. And they've teamed up with Newstead previously, so they're really into the brewing over there at the University of Queensland. It's really cool that um, academia is getting involved in these kinds of things at that kind of granular level.
0: Yeah, and well, Wine has had research, you know, like I remember reading all of the wine research um, things, you know, not just about the fermentation and the the, the agronomics of wine, but then also about the tastes and things. It's great to see that beer is starting to get that level of uh, appreciation um, in a way that, you know, is... I don't know if we can even call it the craft into the market anymore, as we'll get to in uh, Below the Fold. Um, but, yeah, no, it is very cool. And congratulations to Newstead, who have been, I think because of uh, Mark Howe's background in academia and research at the um, University of Queensland, have always been very engaged in uh,
1: research.
2: Yeah, which is so cool.
1: So we need to come up with a new uh, terminology, don't we? We've got big beer or, you know, factory beer. Then we've got, you know, like a... you know. A, a, We had microbrewery, boutique brewing, um, (laughs) nano brewing. We've even had say molecular brewing. Molecular
2: brewing. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Yeah, that'll do. Only if you've got the gear to test it at a molecular level, though. I don't think most (laughs) brewers have.
1: No, but it is. Look, uh, and uh, the words of of certain brewers are ringing in my ears. Um, I hope this encourages uh, brewers to. Brew more often, brew the same beer a few times, changing something like this gives brewers the opportunity to try and they go, Oh, I haven't quite nailed it. Instead of, well, I'm committed now. It's a 500 litre batch. Mm. So I've, I've got to send it out. It's like, okay, no, tip that one out, um, but this time change, you know, the the hop edition or this time change the mash temperature, you know, like just that changing one thing. And, you know, you, you know, Matt, we've, we've spoken to brewers who talk about, you know, oh, this is the ninth or tenth iteration of this beer before we were happy to, before it was what we, we thought it was going to be on paper. Because I think a lot of brewers, and it's the economics of it, you can't afford not to. Um, oh, we didn't quite get it right, but we'll send it out. And I don't know that that's, you know, the the best thing for developing your skill as a brewer.
0: No, but I'd, although I think in this case, the the use case that they had for creating this was they'd done some research and they were asked a question and they, oh, they had to go back and brew a whole lot of 23-litre.
2: Yeah. Do tw- like 10, 15 other batches of 23, uh, 23 yeah. litres. And they was like, I can't be bothered to do that. And in solving the problem,
0: <laughs> they've come up with this alternative and then they found that the results were... They were able to get meaningful results on the much smaller, but I, I, you know, I still yeah. think that most and brewers basically brewing
1: be... by the scho- by the schooner.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I still think most brewers are going to opt for the twenty three liter. Yeah, because that experiment. is quite small, really.
2: Yeah, but so just not for a molecular. In terms of, yeah, but in terms world, of at, you
1: know, mm. like your barley, you know, your attenuation, or um, mm. you know, what the yeast is going to do, um, and again, I, was, I the question it then begs is. Uh, you make a your 23 litre batch you don't then just times everything by 10 to get a 2300 litre batch or whatever so mm-hmm. like scaling up and you know oh, you know bigger equipment and that whole you know headspace and all, all those sorts of things that, that do come into it um, but it certainly gives brewers a, a better chance of getting I guess getting more of the basics um, sorted first before you then scale up which it's is going great. to be yeah. good to see how brewers put this into practical use yes Cool. Yeah. But that is our uh, news. Thanks very much, Claire. No props. Beautifully read. <laughs> um, so now we uh, jump into the mailbag. And I hope you've got your uh, uh, high-vis vest and one of those uh, back braces on because um, apparently it's a big one. The mailbag is <laughs> full of a fat lady sock this week. Some of it um, we'll, we'll discuss below the fold, um, but we might have to, seeing how we go for time and, and how much chat we get into, we might need to uh, hold some over for next week. Uh, now, don't forget, you can review us on iTunes or you can send us in an email to be in the draw for the letter of the week. Um, you can use the Facebook group, just search Radio Brews News, use the password soapbox, which incidentally, Coincidentally Is also The um, discount code I think isn't it Matt? If you want to
0: get One of our shirts Yes uh,
1: And and could I just Say that I'm not That the shirt
0: Contrary to what Some people have thought (laughs) The shirt doesn't say Hype is bad The shirt just says That Hype doesn't exist in the intersection of good.
1: It, it's not a contributor to what makes beer good. Yeah.
2: It's you not essential to element. have it. Yeah. Yes,
0: yes.
1: Okay. It, it, it's almost a byproduct. It's almost like CO two like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or alcohol flavor. Um, now, all letter writers will receive a dead Blue baked cookie and a new bar blade, which can also open cans. Thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to um, well, thanks to us. Thanks to us, and, uh, <laughs> well, and and also our good friends at
0: Thirsty Merchants. Um, and uh, demographics um, who design them. But uh, just just because there is a overwork hamster on the wheel, if you do hear a letter read out, please do take the initiative and don't think you're being pushy by emailing us and say, oh, you let, read my letter out, here is my postal address, because yeah, it's a very, very small team working very, very hard and sometimes we do forget. So if you hear your letter, please send us, uh, just email us um, or message us and say, this is my address
1: that's Bible. it and you can also subscribe um to, to this thing this podcasting leave us a review on apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app if it allows you to leave reviews um it costs nothing and really it just helps other people to discover the podcast and a couple of people who did that this week um mick h7 from australia um who said who gave us a five-star review good on you mick uh, it's uh, my Friday commute. Always good to listen on a Friday morning commute. I find myself laughing, crying, swearing, and thinking about the Australian beer industry. Thanks, Matt, Pete, Clare et al. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank Thanks, me. Mick. Yeah, thank and the H so the H, is, H stands for hawkers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mick, I couldn't help myself. Laughing,
0: laugh crying, swearing, Matt, Pete, Claire. So I make him laugh. Pete makes him cry and <laughs> Claire makes him sweat. I'll accept that, yeah. <laughs> Probably too. <true.
2: laughs>
1: when, in fact, I think it might be some other variation of, of that. Oh, but, yeah, but it's not just, uh, you know. Um, it's not just members of the public who uh, enjoy and leave reviews. It's also people in the, I mean, assuming Nath at Bluefin Brewing is um, somewhat connected to the industry. <laughs> um, goes, um, I, I, I did go
0: looking. I think um, it's a home, I think Bluefin Brewing is a home brewer. And that's, you know,
1: have, Oh, that. okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah cool. Okay. Uh, very informative. Hey, guys and girls, always a good listen. We'd love to hear some beer as a conversation from breweries down the south coast of New South Wales. Cheers. And Nath, well, you know, when Gladys when lets us.
0: We've got a, a few ideas. And, and, and we, we've actually had, because uh, somebody else posted, and um, maybe in the comments or if it, yes, um, Mitter Um There are a number of regional breweries that we really want to speak to, but they're also, you know at the back of your mind, you want to get to them and we, we want to sort of build a bit of a road trip um, around some of these areas um, and do a bit of a succession like we did with the high country last year. So um, we absolutely will do that. And the fact that we haven't yet isn't because we're ignoring them or don't think they're, they're worthy. No, not at all. Um, travel has been difficult. And it's not one that we just want to um, do on the, on the skyline.
1: And we would also, yeah, and we'd also like to, um, you know, uh, over a couple of days do a couple of live shows um, that our listeners can um, pop in, have a beer at a, whether it's at a brewery or uh, perhaps a, you know, if there's a a dedicated, you know, craft mm-hmm. venue that, that sort of supports, you know, the four or five breweries that we want to go on and, and chat with. And then at night, you know, we do a, a live, uh, a live podcast, a Q and a, yep. um, where, and a meet and greet where, um, cause the one we did Matt at, um, uh, at Malt Shovel, that was an absolute cracker. I had an absolute ball
0: that night. That was a lot of fun. Um, and we've, you know, got a standing invitation to Canberra, and we've been promising for so long to get down to the ACT um, and some the great breweries down there, and then also. Newcastle. Um, South, yeah, to new. To yep, and the South store. Coast as well. And then the, the South Coast. There are so many regions we want to get to. So, yes. So, uh, Nath, um, thank you very much. We it's are absolutely, um, as the politicians would say, we're committed to delivering on that promise. <laughs> that just means we can't tell you exactly. But what let it. us just circle
1: back to that. Yeah. <laughs> put a pin <laughs> in that yeah, one, we'll pick uh, it For now, put a pin in it and uh, <laughs> we'll circle back to it. Yeah. Uh, Claire, Sean Boyle in the Facebook group left us a nice. Uh, oh, yeah, this
2: is lovely. So, Sean said. I'm the president for the so- Soldiers Social Club at my local Army Reserve Depot. When I first started in the role, our biggest mover was Forex and Canadian Club due to the old blood. After several years in the role, there's been a shift in choice. This is thanks to the support of two local powerhouse breweries, Black Ops and Ether, which is lovely. And as anybody that's been in the Army knows, they like what they know and they know what they like. My dad hasn't drunk anything but Forex bitter since he arrived in this country. <laughs> yeah.
1: but so if you, if, you, if you handed him a, an unmarked, you know, pot of beer and said, there you go, Dad, there's your beer, uh, and it was something very similar to a, you know, uh, an Australian-style lager, do you reckon? Well, would
2: he... I've given him a Bolter lager, and he was like, yeah, it's all right. But he went back but to the store. did he service. know it was a bolt of Yeah, did he, he know? did know. He did know. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that, maybe the can trendy yeah, can you, is off-putting. You can never
1: take that out. So <laughs> like fill the, it, put it into a, just a brown yeah, bottle. Yeah,
2: yeah. Or like a normal, like a glass that you'd never know. Yeah. Don't really
1: drink. And, and it does prove too, like, I don't. Re- you can't call yourself... You know, uh, we are of this region, or this is a, you know, we are this area's local brewery. Mm. If you're not in, you know, at least one or two, you know, the the pub, the RSL, um, the Army Reserve Depot, whatever it might be, you know, across the road, it's it's no good. oh, We send our beer into the you know, two states over. If you if you're not trying to get it into, uh, you know, the the pub on the corner,
0: exactly. but it also shows because I mean I've done tastings at army bases um, where. You take the beer in, and you know, in, in the fridge they've got the Heineken and the Four X Gold and the Pure Blonde, um, and you know, the guys will try it. And then, as soon as the tasting's over, they go back to those. Um, and you know, if you go back, you know, God, ten, not even ten years, um, that was the case. And you sort of see how ingrained some of these changes are in in flavours, as, as as the you know the, the market has reached a stage where it's almost a generational thing. In, in, in some ways, and that's really exciting. Anyway, uh, James
1: Davidson in the Facebook group.
2: James has said, um, it's an interesting one. Uh, can we get an investigation or analysis piece into where ABAC actually stands with alcohol free marketing at the moment? There's been several rulings, um, but have they given us a clear understanding of where ABAC stands on the issue? Does it apply to alcohol free products? Um, he posted and really. <laughs> It would be bad if it was alcohol. He posted an Instagram post um, with a lady skateboarding uh, with a beer in her hand, non-alcoholic beer in her hand. Um, And the question is, you know, would this be okay? I mean, from what I understand of the ABAC code, they know that it's a really difficult one. They've even admitted that their legislation with what they call brand extensions is And it's hard to say, but they're taking a
0: common sense approach to it. That you know, like if, if that photo you airbrushed out, um, the um, is that the level from yeah from know, Holgate from Holgate. Yes. If yeah. you airbrush that out and put in um, a VB or you know a Holgate temptress, mm-hmm. um, absolutely no no. Yep. But if you put in a can of Coke, perfectly fine. That's and it. you know, whilst it's a beer, um, it's a low alcohol beer, and it's sh- uh, you know, showing. The reasons, yeah, it would the have arguments. to be
2: obvious as well that it was a no alcohol beer. It could not just have like the Holgate House label on it or something mm. without the yeah. no alcohol bit, or have that in the, um, you know, the caption for it.
1: The photo itself is very difficult to tell that it's, what brand it is. Mm. Uh, you assume it's a beer because it is a stubby bottle, shaped yeah. brown bottle. But a, a, as friend of the program, Ian McNally pointed out, I'd be, and I was more concerned that, you know, where are pads? Where is it? Where's a helmet? And, Skateboarding towards a, a, a blind corner, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and, and holding a right. beer backwards. How are you yeah, going to drink your beer, even if it's non-alcoholic, when you're holding it reverse <laughs> monkey grip? I don't know. Well, that's because she's an influencer. <laughs> so much so wrong it. with it. But that's and, and oh, that's the right. thing. You know, yeah, where where right. are
0: the you know all of the doctors against brain injury um, campaigning about people you know influences showing unsafe skateboarding practices, mm-hmm. regardless of the alcohol. Yeah. Um, mm. But the other, actually, the other thing I find quite interesting is that it's a um, you know, a paid partnership, you know, an influencer paid partnership with uh, Holgate. Um, where, you know, it sort of shows how much the industry has moved on because once upon a time there would have been, that would have been the thing that everyone was talking about because it was most likely a big brewery with the with the paid um, sponsorship. And everyone go, look at that, you have to pay for people to drink their beer. Yeah, the other uh, thing that
1: concerned me, and, and uh, uh, Claire reminded me when she said, you know, a lady riding a skateboard, now I'm looking at the Bobby socks and the Converse and the, the denim Yeah, how uh, you, how old is
2: she? Yeah, that's and the, the, the,
1: the flowy hair. I suppose if you if you follow twenty five this person. Mm.
2: Yeah, if you yeah. follow her, I assume you wonder yeah, that you, you i old. I look so at that get, and I go, Well, she could are, be fourteen. Exactly. But these are all the things that ABAC everything an that we've discussed is what A will to take into consideration.
0: Yeah. I mean that is a good point because that is the
1: accusation <laughs> that um She's if if she's if she's under eighteen, she's allowed to drink that non-alcoholic well,
2: yeah. product, but isn't That it?
1: would then, uh, you know, arguably
0: open up that idea of the, the idea that alcohol-free beer yeah. is um, grooming... Yeah, you know, yeah. Indoctrinating, indoctrinating children. Indoctrinating children yeah. or encouraging children. <sighs> oh. All oh, so that more that in that the just like the but <laughs> yeah. It just went on and on and on. <laughs> yeah. The deeper you went into it. We're so, right. so good
2: on the a Okay, uh, anyway. And it's,
1: <laughs> and it's like, you know, eyes following it. But James, <laughs> anyway. um, James, no,
0: just to uh, circle back, James, good point, good yep. post. And I, we actually think that this will be a good panel discussion topic. Mm.
1: This is po- possibly one of those examples of, you know, where the law takes a while to catch up to the technology. Mm-hmm. As, yep, it, okay, as it so often does, or the science, you know, whatever it might be.
2: They might need to come up with their own regulations about, specifically about, because they've only just applying the alcohol um, regulations to not alcohol, but brand extension like this. So yeah. we'll see.
1: Claire, we've got an email from Gavin Spencer.
2: We do indeed. Um, Gavin says, thanks again for all your podcasts and providing an unbiased view of the industry and as a result keeping the industry to account, e.g. brew, <laughs> which is very <laughs> important to the healthy world, growth of the craft beer world. I'm interested to hear your opinion on why we always compare Australian craft beer to the US when Australia's population size and culture is closer to Canada's. Having spent time in both countries visiting beer festivals and working in a small brewery uh, in Canada for two years, um, I feel we should learn from their trends, success and struggles as much or more than always looking to the US. Um, he really enjoyed the recent chat with Andrew Carson about growing hops. Um, and that's he's he's the one that suggested Mitter Mitter, isn't he? Mm. Um, keep mm. up the good work. Because they grow in, their hops as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, keep up the good work. And I'm enjoying the new format as the more we hear from you, the better. Oh, oh. we like Gavin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just to answer that, I think probably the comparison between Australia and the US is because if you look at it uh, numbers for numbers, the percentage is about the same. So the, the number of people per brewery. Mm-hmm. Population is, is similar. Um, it's obviously it, it, the tyranny of distance in Australia makes things, it makes it a lot more difficult for a brewery in Cairns to get their uh, beer to, you know, Busselton, for and, example. And
0: I think that America is the touchstone for craft beer generally. I think every industry compares themselves to what's going on in the US yeah. because they were the pioneers and, you know, there was always the argument, well, we're 10 years behind the US and, you know, so so there there is that. But just actually... That's
1: a, that's, that's certainly shrunk, hasn't it? Yeah. We're, we're, we're sort of, we're, we're almost in, in step with them.
0: Uh, not no, they, I would say it's a little bit like fashion. They're still that half season ahead
1: of us or, you know, because... Um, the, oh, so the the man who still wears bell-bottoms. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> He's and I think perhaps the too. reason that Canada um, <laughs> is perhaps not compared as much is because Canada is more a closed shop in terms of um, exporting freezing. alcohol.
0: Well, it's also very
1: provincial. They've got different –
0: their states are very different in the regulation of alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, You're but, almost the
1: United Countries of Canada, aren't they? Like the, yeah, in, in that respect yeah. um,
0: and, and, and th- th- that's the thing regulation is so different but one of the things I did do when I got this email is I thought oh, gee, what is the population of Canada just in terms of looking at breweries per head it's uh, Dang, yeah. 37 million yeah. um, and I was thinking oh, if, if we were going to compare to a country that had this similar population oh to God, Australia I went looking down Burundi no we've got so Australia with around about 25 and a half million people Um, and that puts us 55. So at 50, with 28 million, we've got Venezuela, then Cameroon, then Cote d'Ivoire, Ivoire, Madagascar, oh, North anxious. Korea, Australia, Taiwan, Sri Lanka, Niger uh, or Niger, um, Romania, Malawi and Burkina Faso. So <laughs> there's not too many. You know, if you, not if you look really at,
2: comparable. If you look at
0: our band of 10, yeah,
1: population probably isn't the way that we want to be cutting yeah, our um, And certainly we're the only we come one with number one, I mm. of, uh, of beer drinking in, out of most of those.
2: I always think of Australia as a little bit midway between the US and the UK actually rather than Th- thinking about Canada.
0: Transatlantic. Mm. Tr-
2: exactly. Transatlantic. <laughs> just in yeah. attitudes to alcohol, in legislation, in lots of different things that are sometimes more like the UK and then sometimes more like the US. So whenever I'm doing any sort of statistical comparisons or anything, I always try and put both those countries in just because I feel like that's a good touch point for us. But.
1: Yeah. Uh, one more before we. Uh Hit below the fold. Uh, we got an email from Stephen Bride.
2: We have indeed. Uh, Did you guys watched the Super Bowl? Uh, no, I didn't. Not really that bothered. About apparently, someone me. won. <laughs> Somebody won. Tom Brady oh. won apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <You're laughs> one,
1: of the, you're one of these. Apparently, there's a sports ball game on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I It just gets more and more hilarious every time. Morning, yeah.
2: yeah, it's a bit early for us.
1: Um, It's like eleven o'clock over here. Oh, is it? First time ever that um, the uh, the state that it's played in was um, represented by a team and they won. I was aware of that. I was aware of that from watching the news. Yeah. So yeah,
0: you know, I, I, I do keep informed of these things. I just don't take a deep dive.
2: Thank yeah. you. Uh, anyway, Stephen says... can't in, believe the Chiefs
1: are at three and a half, but anyway.
2: <laughs> Stephen says, in case there was any doubt that hazy IPAs are mainstream, there was one just featured in a Super Bowl commercial. Maybe all the hit breweries will stop brewing it now. <laughs> Actually, I've been noticing more, uh, a more new West Coast-style IPAs being sold lately, so I can't complain too much. Keep up the great podcast. Mm.
1: Hashtag make IPAs clear again.
2: <laughs> hey, speaking of
0: which, like Just all the new releases and all of the social media we've been getting this week have been West Coast IPAs. Yes, funnily yeah. enough, Just, and
2: Bolter's recent one.
0: So we've gone <laughs> from stovepipes, we're back into flares. That's it. Have you guys tried? So we've gone from flares back into stovepipes. The Cryo Mofo, uh, not yet. Oh, I
2: haven't in okay. my
1: fridge. Yeah.
2: yeah. Why clear? have you? You had to go. Again, well, it's, yeah,
1: a nice clear West Coast oh. style IPA, absolute cracker. Oh. But yeah, as, as you'd expect, yeah. uh, it will be. Um, it will be. I did see the boys from uh, Sunday Sesh. Uh, I think Steve mentioned that um, uh, it, two of his least favourite things, you know, sort of uh, coconut and mint flavoured, you know, hop hop character. But um, uh, it's it's an interesting beer, and beer, and as you'd expect from Scotty, it's just hits the all the marks. It's just a, a beautifully crafted beer. Hey, that's it. But is it? It is if you have to get back to work, okay? So, Matt, thank you very much. done your um, 8K run. Thank you very much, Pete. No worries. Thanks, Claire. Cheers, Pete. I don't know when we'll catch up again. Um, I suspect sooner than we um, (laughs) might think. (laughs) Uh, But thank you very much, uh, guys, for listening. If you do need to get back to work, that is uh, it. And we're out. But we're not really. (laughs) Because now it's time for Below the Fold. Um, hey, listen now, just quickly, because I didn't have this on the on the on the running sheet. Because I, uh, it, it occurred to that's me during what the although the fold is all sheet. about. That's right. Yeah. Um, but Claire, when you read out the bit about uh, cheek, not cheeky monkey, the other one, uh, Rocky Ridge, mm-hmm. uh, as well as launching a new brand Ace to enable it to brew and distribute international craft brands like Hong Kong's Guilo. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know the meaning of the word Guilo? Isn't it Western? It means uh, yeah,
2: outsider or non, yeah, outside, yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. is that, it? But is it? it is it a term of endearment? Because I only say that because sure. Mrs. Pilsner has uh, still, um, and this is going back 10, 15 years, a very strong group of work colleagues um, who were as two. There's some uh, subcontinental um, Indian and then, uh, or Asian and then Chinese heritage uh, Asian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was always known as either the token round eye or Guilo. Like her, her nickname within the group was, was Guilo.
2: Well, just a cursory look says, in the absence of modifiers, it refers to white people and has a history of racially deprecatory and pejorative use. Oh. Yeah, so oh, it's, it's like it, it's a bit of a. a all, although it says it's been, it's since acquired a more neutral connotation. So oh, so words, right.
1: words, so meanings of words can change. They now, can.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they can. I don't know if you knew that. So, so
1: I'm words that we can once all offensive work to be better, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can no longer be offensive. Well, they no, anyway. just what. You know, I I just thought that was an interesting one. Um, Yeah, no, it is. Cool. Speaking of Asia, um, I don't know if you've seen the news, but apparently something happened in Myanmar.
2: Yes, and it wasn't good. Oh, and you know,
0: this is one of the ones that. So, Lion has been in the news because Kieran owned a share in a brewery in Myanmar um, with the military. Was it the
1: award-winning?
2: No, 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 not that I one. Don't think no, so. I don't no, believe no. so.
0: And it, like it, it became a bit of an issue. We re- re- referenced it when um, Little World Beverages bought um, uh, New Belgium yep. because New Belgium has such a oh, strong okay. social justice. Mm. Um, that you know how that would work, but it's it, it something that we've been around in the editorial room a, a bit. You know, should we cover it? Should we not? But it. I mean, it's it. We have limited resources. If we had more resources, like if we sort of took a yeah. broader view... To do it properly as well. To do as it properly, well. yeah, because yeah. it's a serious issue. Yeah. Um, so, But it was very nice to hear from Luke Corbin, um, who's Luke, Luca, and we had a chat with Luke 18 months ago on Beer as a Conversation when I ran into him at Seabrew. Um, and, yeah, so he uh, just weighed in into the Facebook group saying that he's been working uh, with the first craft brewery in Myanmar since January 2017. You're hear all about that on beers of Conversation. You may have seen in the news there has just been an anti-democratic military coup in Myanmar with increasing violence um, since Saturday. An Australian economist has been detained in communicado and countrywide internet blackouts are occurring. My friend's brewery, like all breweries, is paralysed as the banking system is shut down and most civil servants and workers are on the streets. Many people are doing without salaries and putting their lives at risk. Please click and consider donating to help th- get this wonderful country back on and track for its stolen future and the future of good beer. Thanks for reading. Um, and it, can I, it, I hope Luke um, is listening. I know he's sort of uh, engaged, but, you know, thank you for, for weighing in because when you sit and look at these issues at a great remove, I think we've sort of talked about it before, you know, when you start getting emails from friends in England, because there are fires in Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, and it's very hard to tell exactly what the impact on the on the, on the ground is, and to have someone uh, like uh, Luke um, Wayne and say, um, you know, give a first-hand account, um, yeah. it makes it a little bit more meaningful. And actually, that's be.
2: he put out himself out on a limb on that one because you don't know what they're doing. With internet and That's, surveillance and stuff like that. Are they monitoring his... Uh,
1: yes, uh, and, they yeah. monitoring communications. Um, yeah,
0: um, w- and that was the other thing um, because we certainly it was on my mind to contact him when the uh, uh, coup happened um, just to find out uh, if he was OK. But you don't know how lockdown the comms are and whether mm-hmm. you are putting somebody in jeopardy in, in that situation. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Luke, for, for, for reaching out and uh, letting us know and uh, I'll certainly be... Um, Supporting Myanmar um, via the link that Luke suggested. As can so, our, um, we'll put it Actually, in that's what I'll put us? all of the overpayments for the postage. Postage. Oh, there Myanmar. you go. There you go. Um, and a little bit more, so that way I don't have to feel guilty about taking your money. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, did you guys want to have a quick chat oh, look, about just, the quality thing? Well, I, I did because I woke up this
0: morning and there was uh, um, Neil Witt, who is a beer quality expert in, in the US. And if you don't subscribe, all of our professional brewers um, absolutely should subscribe to his Tapstar newsletter. Um, I think it is the website is sellgreatbeer.com and I can put a link in the show notes. But um, there was a story on... Exploding packaging. Um, on uh, let me see. It was could be hunting. Kate Bernot um, or Bernot Burno um takes a look at the issue in the recent could be hunting. Um, the fact is, it's possible to make these beers, and they're talking about. Uh, they're referencing back to like Oregon's Oakshire Brewing with their mango raspberry ques- cheesecake smoothie sour ale, and he even editorializes. Bracket's real name. Mm. They were forced to recall an issue complete with PPE personal protective equipment recommendations for merely picking up the package to dispose oh. of it. And look, if we're at that stage, oh there is something not vaguely ridiculous. There is something patently ridiculous um, about the industry when it gets to that. But anyway, Kate writes a very good article on could um, beer hunting that uh, I would recommend people go and read. And Neil makes the point, some brewers are doing this, knowing the risks and are putting instructions on the package to simply keep cold placing the onus of safety on the consumer. This is irresponsible behaviour and opens up breweries up to legal action if someone gets hurt. Also, as Kate points out, it raises the possibility of regulators getting involved in some level. Now, having sort of read that in my emails this morning, i then in my Facebook feed, there was this article being discussed on, an article on, on, on a Facebook group that purportedly is craft beer professionals. And having seen <laughs> some of the names in there, like Neil has weighed into the comments and also... Um, you know, very serious professional brewers like Dean McLeod, who we had on the podcast recently. But you see comments like this, uh, and I won't name names, but it's someone who's opened a brewery um, and another brewer said there's no real justification for this happening and then another brewer weighs in well sometimes it's about having the right equipment as a brewer (laughs) I know very well that cans can explode but we just opened our doors recently and we don't have a means of filtration just yet producing a fruited Berliner Weiss and then canning a growler to go for your customers comes with a warning it's not that I'm ignorant and amateur and I'm sort of going well Mm. yes I think it is (laughs) if if that's your attitude I mean that's a little bit like saying well as a kitchen we don't have time to cook our chicken right through. So look there's there is a risk of listeria but we put that on the plate.
1: as <laughs> Muslim But I'm not um, an amateur chef. <laughs> In, in relation to you know um, tap contracts that where people get you know money so that they can get a cool room, you go well. You wouldn't open a restaurant if you couldn't afford the ovens.
0: That's and mm-hmm. that's well, and, and like the, I think the same person. So somebody, if who you want to if there, you want to
1: brew brew beers that need filtration or pasteurisation or whatever, buy those things first, then brew the beer.
0: That's the thing, or or if you want to open a
1: brew it's just dangerous putting it on. And you're not the,
0: in a position. You appreciate the challenge, but you're not in a position to make um, that style because you don't have the equipment. Don't make that style. Don't yeah. say, well, I can't stop it from exploding, so I'm going to put the risk onto the consumer because I want to make that style. That's not how the business works. Um, and I, I, I've, I grabbed a couple of um, examples. I'm just trying to find. One of the per- people said, um, but I, if it can be done better and folks aren't, this is wrong. I do have to ask the question, though, if anyone has actually been hurt from me exploding cans. I've mostly just seen experiences of folks just messing up their clothes or their fridge. Because okay. apparently, apparently inconvenience is okay, <laughs> um, but it's o- it's only a problem when it gets to damage. So, so as long as you
1: as long as you sell with every six pack, you know you get a wet X. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is shocking. isn't it? Or a it?
1: stick of Sard Wonder Soap or something. These mate, are the things to get those <laughs> nasty Bolinovice fruited stains out.
2: Quite often <laughs> when I
0: make the comments about the nonsense level of these beers it's not about the beers themselves and you know if people want to um you know there is certainly a market for them as was recognized in this um thread and you know some people do enjoy them and on one level you know that's perfectly fine it's a little bit like seltzer great if you make it and people enjoy it that is what business is my point always comes back to what is going to be the impact on you know the 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 category of beer if having because like there were people who were just sort of saying use sulfites you know yeah you can stop these things from exploding use sulfites the first 15 years of the craft brewing industry was based on you know, we don't put any of the nasties that big brewers put in, and our beer is purer and things like that. Water and malt and hops and yeast. Yeah, and 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 there was all of that. And if we suddenly have to start, act, you know, putting our you know seltzers through an activated char, charcoal filter and using fruit extracts that are clear and colourless and sugarless um, and and things like that that are highly manipulated. Nothing wrong with highly manipulated um, products if it's to the purpose, but it does change the. The, the brand promise of the product that you're making that has an impact on the broader industry and when you're having to sort of say look you know my ridiculously named fruited beer is going to explode or there are news headlines about it that changes the public's perception about it and you know so w- with that in mind the the winning of the internet comment um, was from a gentleman who said we have categories for hard seltzer hard sodas uh, etc. Why not stop calling these things beers, which they clearly are not, and start calling them hard fruit juices? The beer industry as a whole (laughs) needs to start thinning the herd of garbage like this. Now, (laughs) that last bit is the pejorative bit, but this is what I'm saying. You know, hard seltzers aren't craft beer, Um, and some of these beers, you know the, the the people that want to defend putting fruit in some of these beers, oh, the Belgians have been doing it for two hundred years. If you want to say that a Leafman's Creek and whatever the ridiculous name of that the strawberry cheesecake mango right there, cheesecake yeah. thing are, if you want to draw a, a, like an equivalence between those two, then I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm voting to impeach. <laughs>
1: So yeah, so so
0: go read, go jump on if you want a bit of a giggle, um, go jump. So on. So we'll put it, we'll put a link, a link in the show notes. Well, to yeah, the, to to to, certainly to Neil, but if you want to go Google craft beer, because I think it might. So be what is a it, craft beer professionals,
1: um, it, on Facebook? I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's it, it is as simple as just you know, well, we just, you just need to put a you know a, a, a bigger warning. On your labels. Well, th- that's what the people who are defending, like <laughs> the the people who aren't saying, "Hold on,
0: we need to step back." And if cans are exploding, there is a problem, and we need to ask the uh, ourselves some hard questions. The people aren't defending by sort of saying that. They're sort of saying, "Well, you know, we put a warning on ours, or hey, these things aren't hard to make. It's easy. All you do is you know, potassium bisulfate." And you know, go, <laughs> seriously, like it. That's a little bit like saying, oh, well, we we won that war against Germany. Let's go annex the Sudetenland now, you know, because, you know, and start the war again. Because, you know, wasn't that the point of difference between craft brewers and big brewers is we don't manipulate our, you know, we have this... And, and if it's not anymore, and if that's what the market wants, that's fine. But we need to come up for a different name for the product because clearly the craft beer category doesn't fit the products that you want to make anymore. Let's call them, um, you know, hard fruit juices, um, if, if that's what we call them, or let's just call them infantri- infantile, puerile, gimmick gimmick <laughs> drinks.
2: Well,
1: And if you do really need that, to right? look at putting warnings on your labels, <laughs> he says continuing his seamless uh, address, you could um, ah, call ah, Welling's yes. label stickers well and packaging. He says, waiting for Matt to take a breath. They're not able to only <laughs> supply labels for your cans or their bottles, um, but you can also they can supply printed uh, blank cartons, can trays, tap decals, barcodes. The link goes on. Shrink sleeves already applied to beer cans, ready for filling. Uh, of course, you know as you probably heard, the guys often get asked where the brewery would put a shrink sleeving machine to apply the sleeves to the cans. It, it, it's, you don't even need to ask. The cans come to your door, palletized, ready to fill. Nothing more to do. Give them a call on 1300 852 235 to discuss further.
0: And not only that, but I understand that the shrink sleeve is actually made out of Kevlar, which protects your customers.
2: (laughs) In case of explosion.
1: (laughs) Linguistics of craft beer.
2: Now, guys, I put this one in just out of interest, and I feel really bad because I didn't alert you to it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I saw it. Oh, you didn't see it?
0: This is why I don't watch the Super Bowl. Who can watch eight hours of football when there's all of these beer articles (laughs) to read?
2: So, um, a linguistics expert um, at the University of Toronto has basically done analysis of, like, how to describe, how craft beer describes itself. And who it's aiming for with those descriptions. So, for example, they use... I'm going to have to find it. Um, They use the example, apparently this is a popular local pale ale in Toronto. It says, the minute you crack your can, an aroma of grapefruit, mango and pine hit you in the face like a beaver slapping his tail on a pristine small body of water in Ontario. So there's this contrast between it being... Overly flowery, but then actually we're very working class, and we like go fishing, and we're there's like it's That's an what interesting all of demographic. Yeah, yeah. Cool yeah,
0: slingers yeah. of the world, do yeah. You know, we we want to. Sell a high-end product, but we want to make sure that we're not seen as cravat-wearing, you know, exactly
2: winos, basically.
1: To to whom do these uh, high-end booze slingers <laughs> wish to purvey their products? Well, Is it to punters.
2: It's too, <laughs> to punters, yes, <laughs> to punters. <laughs> Bingo, specifically white male middle-aged punters. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. That basically what the. um not the conclusion necessarily, but one of the conclusions that they came to is that, um, is craft beer alienating everybody else because of the way they're describing their beer? Because is it... And, I, and I'm just playing advocate yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. I don't have an opinion quite yet. Um, is Are they alienating lots of other people by doing this? Um, lo- lots of other groups of people by specifically... Directing their language at, but isn't that, that what marketing?
0: T- well, that, that's the thing. Isn't that what marketing is? And you use the words that target the group that they will resonate with the group that mm-hmm. you want to target. So yes, you know, I, I think that's always been the complaint with wine, for example. You know, mm-hmm. like if you become too flowery and talk about, you know, what's my favorite quote, Pete? Um, Gooseberry and wet granite. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, if you're going to talk about that, then there are people who don't get. Goodsbury and wet granite, but mm-hmm. they can just taste, oh, yeah, this is fruity. Yeah. But if you're targeting a higher-end or more engaged wine drinker, then you lift your narrative up mm-hmm. um, because you're not chasing somebody who just wants crisp, cold and refreshing. Yeah, um,
2: Yeah, it's interesting, though, because, I mean, as a craft beer, and we've seen it, it with lots of their advertising – Craft beer is going for a wider audience now. They're going for women well, and it is. things like some that. Of not going for a more clearly not yeah, yeah. Uh Oh my god! Did everyone well, we'll see the brewer with all the you, big hairy men? You have look at the number.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> think <the> number of <laughs> lagers, craft lagers, yeah, craft inverted commas lagers, um, uh, tropical pales, that sort of thing. That's clearly um, not a concession to, but it's it's understanding that you know you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Not that Brewcult's vinegar beer wasn't a a cracker.
0: It it was, I mean, again, it was an interesting beer. Um, Mm. But I I just find it interesting where the same brewery is, on one hand, going after that more mainstream beer drinker, but then under the same brand, you know, putting out, you know, hazy cupcake sour um, fruit bombs Mm -hmm. um, and with the emphasis on bomb. Um, (laughs) But, uh, and and, and that's where I sort of think. Beer drinkers get confused because they don't know. You know, if I pick up this lager, is it going to taste like beer? Question. Um, well, we, we had the mm. chat. I can't remember. I think it was just before about your dad, who was a very traditional mm-hmm. um, beer drinker, and you gave him a bottle of lager, which I think you know, in a blind tasting, anyone who just drinks a good, you know, lager mm-hmm. um, is going to go, oh yeah, this, this is this a really nice right beer. Yeah, yeah. But if they see that it's a craft brewery. They might call it,
2: and they'll actually be off put by that, isn't that really interesting? But that's how our
0: perception works. Yeah. like that's how that's how we make sense of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so our it's, likes and
2: dislikes. Yeah, we're,
0: yeah. we're trying to recognise the familiar.
2: Yeah, that's it. So yeah, interesting. And I'll be interested to see because we obviously get loads of new beers coming through from all of, all across the world effectively um and lots of them are ridiculous lots of them have the most ridiculous descriptors in and we just have to take that all out but it's interesting that there's someone that's actually looked into that and why that is and what it's doing to the market so um i'll put the link in the show notes have a little read of that
1: it's gonna be a fair the show notes are gonna be longer than the podcast <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is good what? Having sponsors like Cryomalt and Rellings Labels, <laughs> stickers and packaging, uh, who we thank for and making all this Merchants. possible, and Thirsty Merchants um, for making and yeti all possible.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> sold out. I'll put him on crossing
1: streams again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Matt, thanks very much. Thank you, Pete. Have a good week. Good uh, thanks very much, Claire. Pete Have an even better week. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm Pete Mitchum. It has been a pleasure, and thank you very much to uh, all those who uh, listen along, making this all worthwhile, and to all the brewers who um, make the beer that, uh, that gives us something to explode every week, especially <laughs> the non-explosive <laughs> stuff. So until next week, uh, drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other, and wash your damn hands. And we're out.
0: Boom. How about next week, instead of you saying, boom, we just get a can of fruited
1: sour? And go, wait <laughs> And just wait. and Just wait, and <laughs> just just wait. wait for it to explode on key. Imagine if we timed it perfectly <laughs> and it's, <just, laughs> Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation.